your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. But uh, you'll have heard of this new strategy that is being brought to the Cabinet by Minister Eamon Ryan, who's the Minister for Transport and also leader of the Green Party. And it aims to change how our road space is used. I suppose you would say part of an ongoing change that you will have seen happening in recent years. The plan is uh, proposed to cut private car use, could see congestion charges, the pedestrianisation of urban centres and much more. And Green Party TD for Limerick City, Brian Ledden, joins me on the line to tell us a bit more about it. Good morning to you, Brian. Good morning, Joe, and good morning to uh, everybody listening this morning. No, I suppose congestion charges, they can strike the fear of God into motorists. What is meant in this context? Yeah, I mean, it, they are something that's been looked at more so for Dublin, really, than, than any of the other cities uh, that they... They've been brought in, as you know, in, in cities that are all around the world in the last 10 or 15 years, and they've worked quite well. Um, but uh, I, I expect they will be considered for for Dublin. Uh, I don't really see them being a solution for cities like Limerick or the, the, the smaller cities. Um, what really in Limerick, uh, we will be looking at the, the main policy I expect that will come out of all of this would be road space reallocation so that we can create excellent public transport, excellent bus systems uh, around our cities. Uh, that would be the main one. Now, there will be hard decisions there about how we use road space, whether we use it for cars or for parking and buses, and there will be pinch points, there will be difficult areas. And we've had some of these conversations already in the past, as you know, uh, like arguably the, the South Circular Road debate that we've had in recent weeks but even if you go back 10 years ago and I think about the Balnacurra Road where the bus lane was put in there you know we've been looking at this in various places over the years uh, but really uh, we're probably going to have to do make, make more hard decisions around how we allocate road space such that we get excellent public transport uh, in Limerick and the other cities as well. So do you envisage in Limerick then, if you're saying congestion charges are unlikely outside of Dublin, that parking will be much more expensive, even in car parks, or for example, where some people are lucky enough to have free parking um, in the city centre related to their work? Yeah, I think it would definitely be looked at. Um, the the on-street parking is probably the the biggest thing because that, that comes back to the how we use our, our road space but uh, like parking in Limerick is very cheap even by Irish standards it's about a, a euro an hour in most cases uh, that's the on-street parking uh, so I expect that will be looked at but but really we're moving to a city uh, where we have very little on-street parking um, now I do think we need to look at equalizing parking costs between the city centre and the out-of-town shopping centres. That's a debate that has happened over the years. The out-of-town shopping centres do have an advantage because they have free parking, you know. So we also have to think about the vitality of the city centre uh, and, you know, essentially level the playing field. You know, that that's part of the discussion as well. But when it comes to parking in Limerick, uh, I, I think it's the on-street parking that uh, will come under the spotlight because... Essentially, we're we're using that space to store a very small number of private cars, and that space can be used for wider footpaths. Certainly, we're seeing that with O'Connor Street at the moment, 
but also bus lanes and cycle lanes as well. And so we need to use that space better uh, such that we can allow more people well, to move more quickly. We're chatting to Brian Ledden, Limerick City Green TD. Um, you would have seen reports in the Limerick Leader this week and we were touching on it on the show as well about what is being described as a new suburb for the Bally Simon area and uh, people making the case around that. You know, What about the city centre? And, you know, the city centre, like many city centres, has unique challenges and then is trying to recover from COVID and will some of these proposals that you're talking about on cars not uh, stymie the recovery? No, the, the city centre has to be the priority and having a good public transport system serves the city centre. It's about getting more people into it, uh, you know, get, getting more people living in it and, and making it an attractive place to live in uh, as well as to do business in. So the city centre has to be our priority. The Valley Simon uh, the new suburb, as it's called, I don't wouldn't consider it a new suburb because there's loads of development out in that area already. But for me, it's quite an interesting proposal, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing the the detail of it. I'll, I'll, I'll go out to the offices and the, the council offices in George Oil to look at the planning application because I want to get into the detail of it. But it's interesting for me in the context that it's actually proposed to go quite near to the main railway line that connects. Lit Colbert Station with Limerick Junction um, and there is provision in the new transport strategy that was published just before Christmas for a train station in Bally Simon. So I think it's quite an exciting prospect that you could have a train station in Bally Simon serving thousands of people who would live and work there as well and of course you have the new Bon Secours Hospital going there, uh, you have the new Educate Together School as well and there's actually a lot of uh, development land as well. We have to remember, Joe, it's not a zero-sum game. Limerick is going to increase its population by 50% uh, in the next two decades. That's a very short time scale, and that's the targeted increase. So we've got to figure out what Limerick looks like in 2040, uh, and it will be development in the city centre, and it'll be development uh, around and, the, and, the public and, transport infrastructure. I, I mean, for well. example, in the context of talking about the, the development of Bally Simon, you know, a couple of listeners were saying to us, well, what about traffic? Because traffic is obviously significant in that part of Limerick and in many other parts as well. Are you saying that part of what's being looked at here as overall transport strategy can help on that front? Yeah, the, the future Limerick city is, is where people don't need to, to uh, be driving here, there and everywhere. It's where they can uh, very confidently walk out the front door of the house or, or, or the office or the shop and know that there's a public transport uh, option uh, within a short distance and, and within a few minutes of them needing it as well. That's what we're building towards in Limerick as much as in every other city. And we're doing it for very good uh, climate reasons, but we're doing it to make our cities and our towns uh, much more successful and, and to, to, to get them thriving again. So th- that's where we're going to. And we had, uh, you covered it on the show, I think, the Bus Connects project uh, for Limerick, which is a huge investment in public transport in Limerick. Uh, it's out for consultation at the moment. Uh, and I would encourage all the listeners this morning uh, to go onto the Bus Connects website look at what's being proposed uh, and, and go the extra step and, and suggest improvements and changes because this is really exciting for Limerick. So in the next 10 to 15 years, as that population increases uh, to 150, 160,000 people, um, we're going to be implementing these kinds of systems 
So the, the city we have now, and you might have traffic jams, say, on the Dural Road or on, on the Dublin Road, um, those will become a thing of the past. We're going to have a, a city where the vast majority of people get around by means right. other than... How close are we then to the point that people who live in Limerick City and its suburbs, at the very least, and then we know there are uh, other issues of contention uh, in County Limerick, uh, would realistically be able to live as a family or an individual or a couple and not need a car at all? That, that's where we're going to, and that's you know that's what the smarter cities in, in the world are doing, and uh, that's the investment that we've announced to, to, to get to that point. And while that might seem uh, difficult for people to to imagine uh, at this point, uh, that is where we're going. And uh, yeah, Joe, I don't own a car myself. Uh, I get around Limerick uh, by public transport and by walking and cycling, and then I get up to Dublin by the train. Um, and I use the buses all the time as well. Uh, and I'm not unique at all. Like, there's a lot of people in, you know, who are doing that already. And we can get to a situation where we can provide this kind of uh, service uh, for everybody. And other cities across Europe have done it. I think Limerick has the ability and the ambition and the confidence to make these hard decisions uh, that will deliver those kinds of systems first. So I'm quite excited uh, for Limerick's future in the next few years as we roll these out. Right. Uh, one other aspect of this which would have huge relevance for the Limerick region is offshore wind development, wouldn't it? Yes, uh, the, that's a massively exciting prospect for the whole Midwest and we will likely see in the, the next number of years thousands of jobs being created associated with that and uh, uh, that 50% population increase that I talked about, a lot of that will be uh, people moving to Limerick to, to take up employment in the offshore wind industry as it develops. Uh, and the, we have, we're already working on the Limerick to Foynes railway line. Uh, as you know, that, that will be open, I think, by 2025, which is really only around the corner. And uh, we need to look at towns like Foynes and Askeaton and Rathkeel. Adair and Patrick's well, uh, because they're on the railway line. And we need to start to, to think about these towns uh, as growing towns where people will live, where young families will uh, decide. Well, interesting enough, a listener, to... Peter's actually asking about Kilmallock. Any chance of train travel there in the future? Uh, listening to Brian and it's all city, city. What about the county? Well, I mean, I was mentioning the towns in the county yeah. there along the Foynes railway line. Uh, I think there is a case to look at Kilmallock because that's on the uh, the main park line uh, and uh, I have talked about it and uh, I, I intend to go out and have a look at Kilmallock. Um, I think any town that is on an active rail line uh, has very strong prospects for development uh, and Kilmallock will be one of those. So okay. um, yeah. we should look at it all. Limerick is unique, Joe, in the in the Irish context in that we actually have so much rail infrastructure. Oh, wait, and wait, it's listen, you don't have to tell me that now, Brian. Because <laughs> I've been talking about that for you know three decades at this well, you've point. Inspired, um, you've inspired me, Joe, because um, it's it's one of my main priorities since yeah. I've been elected a few years ago. Uh, and I've made one other thing: there is some tension within the Green Party. Uh, Nasa Horrigan, who's a Limerick woman, although she represents a Dublin constituency, is one example about the government's decision 
to end the ban on evictions um, on the 31st of March. I know it's phased in some categories. Um, how concerned are you about it? Yeah, Nasa and I, um, uh, we grew up together actually across the road from each other on the North Circular Road and and uh, lost touch with each, other, with each other for a few years and then found we were both elected as TDs for the Green Party a few years ago. Uh, and uh, NASA represents a constituency where this is, it's a, it's a real genuine issue uh, in Dublin Central. And, you know, she, I think she's expressing very legitimate concerns. Uh, it's a decision, obviously, that has been taken by Minister Dara O'Brien um, to, to lift the the eviction ban. It, it was coming, like it has to end at some point. Uh, but, it, you know, I, I won't... Uh, um, lie to you Joe I mean it's a difficult thing politically and it's something that we have to manage as a party and of course as a government as well Uh, but we do that in good faith and we try and make these decisions and uh, as you know uh, being in government isn't easy and you do have to take these hard decisions and quite often they will uh, upset uh, some people but you have to think of the greater good and uh, and um, I, I would expect that Minister O'Brien is really grappling with the decision as well. As a party, we've managed to get some concessions so that there's a, a the tenant in a situation uh, where the house has been sold would have uh, would get the right of uh, the, the refusal at the first offer, and you could make the first offer on it, uh, and then. The, the, the second fallback is that the house will be offered to an approved housing body. Uh, so these, these are concessions that the Green Party have got. Uh, it remains to be seen how they will be worked out. It, it does require some legislative change, so it isn't straightforward at all. But I think the minister has indicated that uh, he will have uh, those proposals okay. in the next few months. Okay, all right. Thank you for talking to us about those issues this morning. That is Green Party TD Brian Ledden. Uh, some of your views coming into us already. Keep them coming. 086 Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.